If the New Orleans Saints want to be serious contenders in 2023, they're going to have to start forcing turnovers. And that has been an issue for them in the recent past. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much. As always, make Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so that you never miss a daily episode. And of course, you can always keep the conversation going one-on-one with me over at joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints and i am your host ross jackson at ross jackson nola on twitter your new orleans saints expert credential member of the media senior writer and reporter over at sports illustrated's saints news network the fan nation site covering the new orleans saints and of course you can find me every single tuesday on locked on nfl and here with you every single monday through friday on locked on saints and on today's episode of locked on saints we're looking over to the defensive side of the ball as the final day of otas or at least the final day of open otas to the media begin later on today. So we're looking at three things that we're trying to learn from this New Orleans Saints defense before the week uh, kind of wraps up. First, well, we'll in, a, in a little bit, we'll get to linebacker DeMarco Jackson and whether or not he can continue his ascension on the New Orleans Saints defense. We'll take a look at OTA attendance for the defensive side. Who are some players that haven't been there that we hope are there? And who are some players that recently didn't show up that you absolutely need to have on the field? Because there's definitely one of those. But first, more turnovers are a must, period, for the New Orleans Saints in 2023. And that all gets underway here throughout OTAs and, of course, mandatory minicamps. If the New Orleans Saints want to win games in 2023, they have got to be able to force turnovers. In 2022, they turned the ball over or forced turnovers, had only 14 takeaways during that season. That was a franchise low. And while that is alarming enough, Something else that should alarm you even more is that five of the last of the of the seven worst turnover seasons for the New Orleans Saints have all taken place since 2011, 2011, 2013, 14, 16, and now 22 are all in the bottom seven when it comes to takeaways in a single season for the New Orleans Saints franchise. To go further than that, you go to the 10 least turnover forced seasons by the New Orleans Saints. Seven of those 10 seasons happened since 2005, and that means that six of the 10 happened during the Sean Payton era or beyond. And now is the time for that to begin to change, especially with a defensive head coach like Dennis Allen. You absolutely want to see this New Orleans Saints team forcing more turnovers And it seems that they have all the talent available to them to do it, not only on the coaching staff with great defensive minds like Dennis Allen, Joe Woods, as well as, of course, Marcus Robertson, who's the Saints' new defensive backs coach. But you've also got the ascension of Michael Hodges on the backside as well or in the second level as well. But then you think about the player names that are on the field, the ones that have to make the plays as well. Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, Pete Werner. Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor. These are all guys that have carried the ball hawk moniker at some point 
during their career, at least the guys in the secondary, obviously not the same for Demario uh, Davis, Pete Warner, and Cam Jordan, but those are guys that are considered to be fearsome tacklers, getting after the quarterback, should be knocking the ball loose, should be picking the ball up when it's loose on the ground, all of those other things. So you want to see more and more of that. And as we discussed with Trevor Sikama early last week, or in the middle of last week, Turnovers are just as much about luck as they are about taking advantage of opportunity, but you have to be able to take advantage of the opportunity when they show up. I always talk about football being a game of moments. It's one of my favorite things about football. You can watch 60 minutes. You can watch, what, 70 minutes if you include an overtime or whatever of football, but it all comes down to three individual seconds usually, when it comes to the things that define a game. An interception at this point, a big touchdown at this point, a failed drive at this point, an incomplete pass at this point. Those are the moments that make football. And turnovers are a hugely, hugely impactful moment in the game of football. And the Saints saw 14 of those moments in 17 games last year. That cannot be the case. You're not forcing enough moments to go your way. So you have to not only be able to turn the ball over, but you also have to be able to protect the ball over on the offensive side, of course, and win the turnover battle. That's always something that, as Trevor put it, is is, is one of the bullet points for every coach going into every game. But the harder part is forcing those turnovers over on the defensive side of the ball. The Saints have done some good things for their offense to make sure that they can move the ball, to make sure that they can extend their drives, to make sure that they can move the ball with short, intermediate, area, high percentage passes, doing all these things. They're doing the things they need to do there. We just have to see the play calling and the execution on the field. But for the Saints on defense, there is still a lot in terms of the mentality of turnovers that needs to be addressed and how this team looks to force, create, and take advantage of turnovers and make moments more consistently throughout the season. Four. 14 turnovers, 1-4, not 40, not 4-0, 1-4, 14 turnovers last year. This is a team that just a few years ago, back in 2009, set their franchise record and actually set the NFL record for fewest turnovers in a single season committed by their offense. Now they're on the verge of knocking at the door on the NFL's worst defense when it comes to turnovers in terms of that history book. And you don't want to be in that conversation. They've already done it for their franchise. Now what they need to do is be able to turn things around. They need to be able to turn things around big time because we're not just talking about turning it around since 2022. We're talking about turning it around from 2011, 2014, 2013, 2006, 2016. Those, it has been a long running issue, maybe a longer running issue than we've been paying attention to for the New Orleans Saints. This is a team and this is a franchise that has struggled since 2005, 2006 to get the ball back in the hands of their offense. And they have spent so much time, so much money, so much focus on their offense this season that the defense's number one goal should be getting the ball back in the hands of their offense, especially if the offense is cooking, if the play calling is working, if the execution is there. That should be the goal of this offense, of this defense is to get the ball back into the hands of the defense. So last week, we saw an interception by Troy Pride down the right sideline. We saw a pass get knocked away by, uh, by Adrian Fry. We saw a couple of balls punched out as well, a couple of four, uh, fumbles forced after the catch. All of those moments, think back to, to Pete Warner week one up against, I think it was um, uh, uh, Zacchaeus that, that had that reception that he punched out. 
you see it. You can see it. You think about all those things. We saw a little bit of it last week. We didn't see it at all the week before. What does it look like this week? Is this defense coming back and forcing more turnovers? I'm almost to a point now to where I would rather see over the course of OTA, mini camp, training camp, the Saints defense absolutely dominating the Saints offense. I have fewer questions about the Saints offense because the Saints offense is just going to simply be what it's going to be when it comes off of paper and onto the field. But the defense, we still don't know what it looks like. The names look really great, but the defense you want to see maintain. Now, I will say the New Orleans Saints defense has still consistently been one of the best defenses in the NFL versus scoring versus yardage but they have not forced the turnovers. If you can still be great against scoring, if you could still be great in limit yardage and forced the turnovers, you're an entirely different stratosphere of a defense. And we're talking about one of the best defenses we have seen since these guys, the Dome Patrol, right? And so that's what you want to see for this New Orleans Saints defense in 2023. Will we get there? Will we get here? Probably not. Will, we get, will they get there? There's a very, very, very good chance that they can. Mentality becomes the first part of it. Execution becomes the second. And a little bit of opportunity coming out of luck becomes the third. Coming up next, we're going to get to attendance for the New Orleans Saints defense. One name in particular that was absent last week that absolutely needs to be there this week. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and our sports betting partners here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Maybe you want to continue to get in on the NFL or excuse me, the NBA playoff action. Absolutely an opportunity for you to do that. The Miami Heat Denver Nuggets tied 1-1. Now things get really, really interesting as the finals continue to roll along. Or maybe you want some early odds in the New Orleans Saints for week one. They're favored against the Tennessee Titans. They're favored to win the NFC South. They're not favored, but not far off for winning the NFC as well. So you can go and check out all of that, the odds, and get in on that action over at FanDuel.com. And if you're a first-time user of FanDuel, you're actually going to want to head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That way you can get that no-sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's bonus bets that come back if your first bet doesn't hit, as long as you're a first-time user over at FanDuel. So if you want to check out that no-sweat first bet, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making us your first listen of the day every day for all the everydayers out there. So when we look at OTA week three, this would be the third and final day of OTAs open to media. We will have minicamp accessibility on the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Just a reminder, I'll actually be out of town on some personal stuff, but we'll be bringing folks on to make sure that we're all caught up to date and know what's going on in terms of OTAs. And of course, you know, look, I'll have insight and I'll have what I need to be able to do shows as well. You know how it goes. So um, when we look at where the Saints are going into their third week, attendance is a really, really kind of curious, big curiosity that I have going into here. The Saints had only 10 players absent their first week. You could argue nine. Um, and then going into their second week, they had 14 players absent. You could argue 15 depending upon how you count Nick Saldaveri being off on the sideline, working and kind of doing his own thing in the indoor facility. We only saw him because of the lightning alert that went on outside, so he had to go inside. Uh, so they went from 10 to 14, 10 to 15, which isn't terrible, but there were two players that missed last week that I think actually need to be here this week over on the defensive side. And, and, and I teased one because it's one in particular 
if he wants to keep his job. There's another one that's going to that's maybe got a little bit of a different story to tell. And so the player that I think needs to be there this week that wasn't there last week is Paul Sedadibo. Paul Sedadibo has already kind of been entrenched in this battle with Alante Taylor so far this offseason, or or really over the course of the past year, and then now going into this offseason about who will they, won't they, who's going to be, who won't be the uh, the, the the starting cornerback opposite Marshall Lattimore. And last week, Paul Sadiba wasn't there. Uh, Marshall Lattimore wasn't there. Bradley Roby wasn't there. And so if anything, Paul Sadiba maybe got a little bit of aid by the fact that Bradley Roby wasn't there because it allowed Alante Taylor to take more snaps in the slot while guys like Troy Pride Jr. and Isaac Yadam got their work over on the outside. But if, let's say, Bradley Roby's back this week, back today, then all of a sudden, Alante Taylor's back out on the outside and you're getting more looks at him outside in your spot if you're Paul Sinadibo. So I think that Paul Sinadibo has a big, big time need to be present during uh, today's OTAs, or at least throughout some point in the week, even when it's not when media is present, because we don't make the lineups, the New Orleans Saints make the lineups. So if he's at least there when we're not there, then it's still worth something for sure. And then of course, we get the the, the mandatory mini camps where everyone will be present, all of that good stuff next week, or everyone is expected to be present. The are except for people with injury. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to coat that into something that it's not. The other player that I think absolutely needs to be present this week that wasn't there last week is Nathan Shepard. Um, you know, hopefully he didn't miss for any injury purposes. Hopefully it was just kind of like an absence that was arranged or something like that. Uh, but I mean, he's he's a brand new player to a brand new system with an entirely new defensive line. You've got one returning starter. You're joining a unit that's led by one of the better defensive ta- defensive uh, uh, linemen, as well as one of the better uh, leaders in the NFL. Uh, this is a unit that was there in its totality in during the first week of OTAs that all of a sudden dropped a piece going into uh, this week and or this past week. And of course, that was Nathan Shepard. So for me, Nathan Shepard has kind of a, a need to be there based on him learning a new system, based on him working with new coaches, based on him having new players around him, all of that. And as of you know the first day of OTAs, it was him and Colin Saunders getting the first team reps on the, you know in the middle. When he missed last week, all of a sudden it became Colin Saunders and Malcolm Roach. So I guess there is also still a fending off the you know incumbent player, uh, you know incumbent New Orleans Saint for your role over on the defensive interior. And look, you're going to have more competition there too because eventually Brian Brzee is going to be challenging some of those challenging for some of those first team snaps. And things like that as well. So you definitely want to see Nathan Shepard there. If Nathan Shepard isn't there, then I hope we do get to see a little bit more of Brian Brzee getting first team earlier team reps as opposed to just a couple of team reps toward the end with the third team. Uh, but Nathan Shepard, Paul Sandebo, these are both guys that I really hope are around today or at least throughout this week so that the Saints can start to figure things out. Who, What does the defensive line look like? Who is the starting corner opposite Marshall Lattimore? I know that that's the, some of those battles you want to take in the training camp. I get it. But the sooner you have those answers, the better. And the more information you have, the more you are able to make those answers with info, right? With like educated decisions as opposed to, well, this player was here. So that's the one that gets the start. You don't want it to be that type of situation. The last player that I'll mention that uh, hasn't been there at all so far throughout uh, OTAs over on the defensive side that you would kind of like to see around or would be nice to see around, I guess, would be Marshawn Lattimore. He's kind of the only um, he's kind of the only big time leader on the Saints defense that hasn't been present so far this offseason. You've had um, you've had Cam Jordan there. You've had Tyron Matthew there the first week. You had Demario Davis there the second week. Marcus May is a big veteran guy. He's been out there. 
And so, you know, you kind of would love to see Marshawn Lattimore out there, maybe even if he's not participating, but just present out on the field, getting a look at everything so that he's ready to jump in and mandatory mini camps next week. Uh, I think that that's something that maybe serves him well too. He went through a lot last year, the the broken ribs, the the lacerated kidney, just these kind of freakish type injuries and things like that, that aren't really connected to football in any way. And what I mean by that is that it's not like he was, you know, you're not going to bruise a kidney or you're not going to lacerate a kidney or break a rib by making a cut. You're not going to, you know, lacerate uh, a, a kidney by, you know, uh, pulling up on, on on a muscle or something like that. Like that is just an impact injury that's really unfortunate. And so you'd like to see him out there. You'd like to see him kind of, you know, feeling things out. I'm sure he's much better now than he was last year in terms of like his health and everything. But him as a leader for that unit, obviously, you'd like to see him out there uh, on the field. But if nothing else, you see him during the, the mandatory minicamp uh, period next week. But seeing him today would be great. Um, Tyron Matthew would love to see him back, all of that. The Saints defense really hasn't had a ton of attendance questions. They've had some little things here and there with Bradley Roby gone, Marshall Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, the guys that we spoke about. Uh, but it's not like the offense where you're missing you know, four or five players at one unit on the offensive line and stuff like that. It, it's a little bit different over on the defensive side. You are seeing a greater presence there, uh, but certainly a, a presence that in the final week of OTAs could use just a little bit of a boost after taking a little bit of a step back last week. Not to like mix our our uh, our content here and our topic ideas here, but another person that you'd love to see out on the field today on the offensive side is Taysom Hill. Just really curious, like how does he feel about his role what does his role look like in this New Orleans Saints offense? All that, I think, again, the more information you gather, the more educated decisions you can make when it comes to the player and how you utilize them. That seems like a big one that you want to figure out, okay, how does this, where does where does Taysom fit? Where does he contribute in the offense? All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the linebacker that continues to stand out, the ascension of DeMarco Jackson, one that we've hoped for, but not necessarily one that we've expected, but now we're starting to see it. Let's break that down as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Who That Nation. Wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints with a look at DeMarco Jackson, the New Orleans Saints uh, draft pick from last year out of App State. DeMarco Jackson is a player that uh, a lot of folks are very high on. You might remember um, Emery Hunt from like over at like CBS Sports and all that. Uh, in football game plan. He came through last year after the draft to talk to us about some of the, the draft prospects and things like that. And he actually contended the idea that uh, Pete Werner was going to be the starter opposite DeMario Davis with the idea that DeMarco Jackson would be that guy. Now, it was a, it was a fun sort of uh, selection. It was a fun sort of pick. It was a nice take and things like that. It was pretty clear that, that was not going to be the case for New Orleans. They love Pete Werner. They wanted to see who he was going to be next to, DeMar next to DeMario Davis. And that will be the case again here in 2023. Nothing's going to change that. However, what you have seen from DeMarco Jackson over the course of OTAs is really, really hopeful. And you're starting to see more folks talk about it as well. I know we've been talking about it here for, for a little while since after the first practice, but I'm, I'm coming back to it because the App State linebacker who's just six foot one, 225 pounds is not the New Orleans Saints quintessential linebacker. And I'm curious to know if he bulked up. I'll see if I can get that question into him and stuff like that. But he certainly looks bigger. And he seems to still have sort of that sideline to sideline speed that the New Orleans Saints were in love with. The two things that they really liked about DeMarco Jackson, or two of the things that they really liked about DeMarco Jackson in the draft were one, his sideline to sideline speed, two, his downhill playability, because downhill playability as a linebacker also translates to special teams. So as a fifth round selection out of App State last year, 
you're looking for, okay, how can this guy make the roster? Well, now here in 2023, he's got a real opportunity to make the roster at his position as opposed to making his roster just because of what he can do on special teams. Now, will he still contribute on special teams? Very likely, right? Like if he makes the roster, 100%, he'll probably contribute on special teams. But the thing that's so interesting is sort of, again, revisiting this conversation of the strong side linebacker versus the quote unquote third linebacker or the next off-ball linebacker. It seems as the things have still not gone out, they still have not brought in uh, a linebacker. They still have not gone to veteran free agency to bring in a linebacker at all so far this offseason. After addressing tight end several times, they brought in a fullback. They've made kicker moves. They've made punter moves before they've done anything at linebacker outside of, because I don't ever want to forget, Anthony Orgy, the Vanderbilt linebacker coming in as an undrafted free agent. And of course, Nick Anderson, the two-lane linebacker coming in as a UDFA. I don't want to forget them or erase them, but veteran linebacker help has not shown up for the New Orleans Saints so far. And DeMarco Jackson could be a big reason why that's the case. They don't necessarily feel like they need another strong side linebacker, a guy that can play over on that side of the ball where, you know, the protection is a little bit more weighted. You're an on-ball guy. You're trying to make stops in the run game or you're rushing the passer. It's clear they actually like Zach Bond there. And Zach Bond was a guy that made the roster last year that I thought potentially wouldn't make the roster this year. But now I'm starting to see the role that they have carved out for him. He's got a shot. So where does that leave DeMarco Jackson if he's not the third linebacker? Well, it makes him, more appropriately, the third linebacker, the actual third linebacker, the third off-ball coverage linebacker behind DeMario Davis and Pete Werner. And I know I've highlighted this on the show before, but the reason why I'm revisiting it is because you want to see more of it as we go into the final week of OTAs here and the final time that media will be present for OTAs. We'll get a greater look, of course, throughout training camp and all those other things, but again, more information early on helps you make more educated decisions. And DeMarco Jackson has the ability here over the course of this week to continue to build on the momentum that's already been in his favor and create a favorable decision for himself, which would allow him to be this year's Caden Ellis, would allow him to be this year's guy that can fall back into coverage and be you know that, that next New Orleans Saints late round selection that turns into a longtime player in the NFL or for the New Orleans Saints. And so you want to see if he's bulked up. The speed is still there. There's still some things to where some decision-making things like, you know, getting a little bit of extra coaching from some of the coaches and stuff like that um, is absolutely there. But this linebacker room, when you have Demario Davis next to you, when you have Michael Hodges as your position coach, when you have Dennis Allen as your head coach, Joe Woods as your defensive coordinator, these guys understand second level play and they understand it from a variety of different ways. Like Joe Woods understands coverage linebacker play. Mike, uh, Mike Hodges understands everything when it comes to the linebacker position. He is a young rising star when it comes to coaching circles, much like Ronald Curry over on the offensive side. And of course, Dennis Allen understands the idea of aggression. That's something that's of a, a, what do you call it? A calling card for uh, Dennis Allen's defense and the New Orleans Saints is aggression. So that attacking linebacker from the second level, blitzing from the second level, all of those things. And uh, DeMarco Jackson had some pass rushing ability during his time uh, at App State. It wasn't something that was not a part of his game, even though it wasn't the greatest focus of his game. And so if the Saints can find a way to kind of unlock that in addition to still seeing the speed, still seeing the coverage ability, all of these things that he has been able to do during his time, uh, then that puts them in a great position to be able to find a bunch of different ways to get him kind of built into uh, the offense. You look at his uh, last couple of years over at App State in terms of total pressures. He had 27 last year that included, uh, excuse me, not last year, 2021. Uh, 27 in 2021 that included five sacks, according to Pro Football Focus. Some of those might be half sacks. Remember, they count half sacks as, as whole. And then he had 16 pressures the year before that, including 
three sacks. So if you think about like the way that the Saints like to blitz their linebackers, having somebody that can come in and have that kind of impact to where they're picking up three, you know, two, three, four, five sacks in a season from, you know, limited pass rushing snaps. That's a good place to be. Five sacks off of 27 total pressures is akin to what Demario Davis did last year, where he had, you know, what, seven, six, seven sacks as, you know, with 18 total pressures as a whole. Now, uh, the um, the uh, pro football focus, not just him with nine sacks, but again, remember some of those half sacks get counted as whole. But as a pass rusher, he only pass rushed 69 times last year. Pretty nice stuff from Demario Davis there. But then you look back at the last year of, DeMarco Jackson at App State, he, he was a pass rusher on 98 different snaps. So again, selectively utilizes a pass rusher and efficient on the snaps that he was given. That's what you want to see. And if he can prove that, then he really does kind of have the chance to become this year's Demari, excuse me, this year's Caden Ellis. And the thing that's really great about that is that the Saints now don't have to wait for one of the top two linebackers to be injured to put you in, in position to be able to have that type of uh, that type of impact because once Pete Werner came back last year, what did they do? They found more ways to get Caden Ellis out on the field. They could do the same thing with DeMarco Jackson. They have a role now where they can where they can kind of splice him in and allow him to be impactful in multiple areas of the game. And if he can stay healthy, if he shows that he bulked up, and if he goes out there and still contributes in the ways that you expect him to contribute, but adds to a little bit of that, you know, adds to his cough for a little bit, then all of a sudden DeMarco Jackson. We're talking about him being a, a, an impact player as opposed to just somebody that's coming off of injury and we want to see what he's able to do. So you want to see that from DeMarco Jackson, and this week begins a big part of it, especially while the defense or the offense and the running backs are expanding their third down package and you're getting to more passing with the, with the, the running backs, gives you even more opportunity to see what he can do sideline to sideline. So the Saints will have or will be getting a better look at what DeMarco Jackson can bring for their 2023 defense here over the course of the final week and of course moving ahead throughout the rest of the offseason. All right, y'all, coming up later on today, right after I get home, probably around 4 or 5 p.m. Central Time-ish, somewhere around there, we'll go live. I'll give you everything you need to know from OTAs, all the biggest notes and small notes as well, and then we'll get into some more of those notes Wednesday morning uh, in tomorrow morning's episode as well. So everything you need to know from OTAs on the way, and then of course we'll get to... Um, you know, press conference and, uh, you know, conversations with players and stuff like that toward the end of the week. So you know what it is, loaded week here at Locked on Saints as we wrap up OTAs here in New Orleans. So big thank you to all the everydayers out there for making us your first listen of the day every day. And of course, I thank you very much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you want to keep the conversation going, join subtext.com slash Locked on Saints is the place to be. As always, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.